y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Singlehood Podcast, coming to you with the next installment of our Bible study titled, Where Are You Going and What Are You Doing to Get There? Now, thus far, we've been discussing, we've been talking about 1 Corinthians chapters 9, verse 26 to 27. In last week's episode, we re- went ahead and read 1 Corinthians chapters 10, verse 1 to 20. And on tonight's episode, I want to go ahead and do verse by verse, just really diving in into the scripture. Um, We're going to be focusing on tonight's episode, 1 Corinthians chapters 10, verse 1 to 11, right? And so I just want to quickly just get some points right here that we're going to be looking for as we read along this passage. As a matter of fact, not read along, but as we study verse by verse this passage. And some of these points, we've already already discussed them um, a little bit, right? In 1 Corinthians chapters 9, verse 26 to 27. And here are the points. And so some of the points we've discussed so far is you need to know your aim to reach your destination in life. Remember, we've discussed how important it is for you to know your aim, for you to know your purpose. And knowing your purpose, that's the only way you'll be able to reach your destiny. That's the only way you'll be able to even take an action to further, you know, um, take you to where you need to be. And then secondly, again, purpose, your aim is what's going to motivate you to move, motivate you to take action. A lot of the times, the reason why no one is taking any action, no one is really living the life of their dreams is because they have not focused on their purpose or perhaps they don't know their purpose because they're not, you know, they're not praying. They're not taking um, initiative to go in prayer and ask the Lord, you know, really, really, you know, uh, tell me, Lord, what it is that you want me to do. What it is that you have created me to do? What it is that I'm gifted at? Now, another thing here we discussed thus far is, you know, Apostle Paul being an apostle, right? Even though he was called by God and he was trained in the law and, and in the um, Jew, Jewish literature, right? And stuff like that. He still put it upon himself to train himself in a way where he is guaranteeing that he will indeed finish his race strong and win the prize. Remember, we discussed it's not just about, you know, just running, but it's about running well. And it's about really training yourself to have the persistence to keep going no matter what comes. Now, on tonight's episode, I want to go ahead and just, like I said, get the scriptures that I believe the Lord is really wanting us to pay close attention to. And one of them exactly, um, well, a couple of them exactly, rather, is 1 Corinthians, right? Chapters 10, verse 2 to 3. And I'm going to go ahead and read it for you all. So if you have the Bible in front of you, that's awesome. If you don't have a physical Bible, just go ahead and go on the Bible app on your phone. There are a couple of scriptures that I strongly recommend for you to highlight because I believe, especially in this season, they will minister to you. Now, I want us to go ahead and just pay close attention to verses two to three. And verse two says here, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse three. They all ate at the same spiritual food. Verse four, I'll continue to verse four and drank the same spiritual milk for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Verse five, nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So we just read verses two to five. And I just want to go ahead and just explain what it is 
that happened, that went down um, in those couple of verses that we just read thus far. Okay. Now, one of the things that I realized in the scripture is that Paul is saying these people, these groups of Israelites, they ate the same spiritual food. Okay. They, they ate the same spiritual food and they drank the same spiritual milk. And it says here, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Okay. So from that, I realized how indeed it's important for you and I to make sure that we are around people that are actually are feeding on the same spiritual food as us. When it says spiritual food, as you hear from the term spiritual, it's talking about those who are aiming for the same things in life that you're aiming for, meaning you're aiming to be more like Jesus. You're aiming to um, minister to God's people. You're aiming to be an encourager. You're aiming to do um, great things in life. You want to be able to glorify God in your gifts and your craft in your business. Um, it's saying here, you, you know, they ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual milk. So I'm not sure exactly, um, who is your inner circle? I'm not sure exactly who it is that you fellowship with or who it is that you socialize with. But I know for a fact that if you're hanging out with people that are not on either the same level as you spiritually, or perhaps you know, are at a higher level than you spiritually, you're not going to grow and you're not going to be able to get out of your wilderness. The scripture right here is talking about how Moses being the servant of God was actually leading God's people, right? But ultimately it was Christ himself who was their spiritual rock, who was using and utilizing Moses to be able to lead his people. And so if you also, if you also want to be close to Christ, you are going to need some spiritual intercessors, people who have a heart for Jesus, people who will be willing to pray for you, especially during times where it's difficult for you to pray for yourself because of the pain that you're going through. Because some people, man, I'm telling you, they are in pain that sometimes it's not even easy for them to utter a prayer to the Lord. Sometimes they're in physical pain and they just can't get themselves to say a word. Now, if you ever, I don't hold this on you, but if you ever reach that point in life, I'm, I'm praying that you have someone that has a strong relationship with God that is able to really stand in the gap and start to intercede for you. And so from there, I realized how important it is for us to really focus and, and really to be picky when it comes to those that we associate with. Okay. Those that we do life with, you know, so you know, we're called to be kind and stuff like that to everyone, but it's very vital for you to understand. It's not just with any group of people for you to be hanging out with, doing life with, building with, etc., etc. Now, it's important too for me to say here that although they had God, right? They had Jesus being the spiritual rock and they had Moses who was a faithful servant to God. These people still ended up <laughs> doing what was not pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. And so from that being said, it shows me here that although we can have good mentors, although we could have good leaders, it's important for us to put our trust in God. It's not important for you to uh, put your trust in other people because 
we're all humans. We will all fall short eventually. We're not perfect. We're flawed. And so although I encourage you and I even encourage myself to really have um, a good group of like-minded um, friends and like-minded uh, associates, it's truly important for us to always, always, always keep God, you know, keep God at the forefront. God has to be at the center of everything in our lives. It's not just about, you know, our spiritual growth, but you need to make God be involved in your relationships. God needs to be involved even in you, even in your education, whatever it is, he needs to be included in order for you to prosper. Honestly, in order for us to succeed in life. Now, a next point that I want us to really focus on in regards to first Corinthians chapters one to 20. Um, but again, we're just going to be diving into verse 11, excuse me, verse one to 11 is Forgetfulness, forgetfulness leads to idolatry. Forgetfulness leads to idolatry. And I just want you to go ahead and pay attention to verse seven from first Corinthians chapters 10. And I'm just going to go ahead and um, read it for you. But as a matter of fact, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and read First Corinthians chapters 10, verse six to nine. And then I'm just going to go ahead and um, separate, separate it further as we go along. And so verse seven, excuse me, verse six to nine, it says here. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters or idolaters. Uh, yeah, idolaters, <laughs> as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Verse eight, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And one day, 23,000 of them died. Verse nine, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Okay, I'm gonna stop right there. Okay, so we just read verses six to nine. And I just want to go ahead and break it down. I want to go ahead and uh, most importantly, fix our eyes on verse seven, um, because really verse seven is just a continuation to what verse six is saying. So remember the point that I just mentioned, right? Forgetfulness uh, leads to idolatry. Remember that point, write it down, notate it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and just start with the point that I received from verses um, eight to nine, and that is mastering commitment instead of discontentment or master commitment instead of contentment. Okay. And so the thing is here, if you were paying attention to verses two to five, these people were being fed. Okay. Even though it said spiritual um, food and spiritual drink, but Physically, they were being fed. God was able to give them food despite being in the wilderness. And even though these people were, you know, getting getting actually shelter and, and, and food and the basic necessities that they needed, they ended up just really, you know, doing evil things, evil things in their hearts, right? Their hearts was filled with evil, as it says in verse six. 
And here Paul is saying to now these believers, right? These Corinthian believers, he's saying, do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in reverse. Okay. So here they are, they're eating, they're drinking, they're doing all that good stuff. And they're creating idols, right? They're creating idols to gods, uh, for gods, or even serving other gods instead of serving the God, Yahweh, who actually was there for them, who actually supplied all their needs in spite of being in the wilderness. <laughs> and so here Paul is saying, don't be like those people. Because, you know, the reason why I said forgetfulness leads to idolatry is because honestly, when we forget all the things that we have, right, that other people don't have, what happens is that you start, you start to complain and your complaining is going to lead you into sin. You're going to say, well, I wish I had what so-and-so had, right? And now you even have bitterness towards that person because of the blessing or the, the, the item that they have, which is covetry. Which is then going to lead some people, uh, God forbid, um, to, <laughs> to, to, to murder other people, right? Which is very unfortunate, which is very cruel, right? They're gonna, it's going to lead some people to rob banks. It's going to lead some people to rob their, their own neighbors. So it's crazy. It's a crazy ordeal. And here Paul is saying, don't be like those people. Don't be a people that forget all of the benefits of God. Don't be like those people who forget, even though they had only crumbs, God was able to multiply it and tell them to store it up, right? For later, God was able to give them with the little that they had, okay? And so let's go to verse eight here. Let's go to verse eight. I just want to go ahead and read verse eight again. Here it is. Verse eight says, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And one day, 23,000 of them died. And then verse 9 says, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by the snakes. Another thing I would like to add, another point. So we said forgetfulness leads to idolatry. Now here is what's important for us to not miss, especially from this passage, and that is selfishness leads to sin. Selfishness leads to sin. There is a connection between uh, all three, actually, right? Forgetfulness leads to idolatry and selfishness leads to sin. The moment you start saying, why me, why me, right? And the moment that you start just focusing on you in that way, focusing on uh, what you lack or focusing on uh, what you can't do and what this person can do, you will become selfish. You won't really want to share with other people because you're going to start saying, well, I don't have enough to give. I only have this much in my hand or I only have this much money. So I'm not able to really bless this person that's next in line at the grocery store. And so these people, after they ate, they, they just went straight to sinning. It says they drank, right? They ate and drank. Okay, and this is still part of verse uh, seven. They the people sat down to eat and drink, and then got up to indulge in, in, in revelry. So pretty much, they they were selfish. I mean, they were just you know uh, intaking all of those things, right? And they weren't really even saying thanks. 
okay? They weren't even really just uh, paying attention to the provision of God. They weren't really uh, thinking about none of those things. They only were just feasting upon their meals. And then once they feasted upon their meals, they went ahead and just did all type of sin. Okay? Now, earlier I just mentioned master commitment instead of discontentment. Okay? On to verse 9. You'll realize here Paul says, he says 23,000. Okay, so 23,000 people died in one day, y'all, in one day. Right? And he says here, we should not test Christ. Excuse me, it's not the, uh, it's not the verse 9, but this was the second part of verse 8 that says 23,000 of them died. And then verse 9 continues on saying, we should not test Christ as some of them did. And I really want to pay attention to this too. Okay? And there's another point here. And the point is, again, master commitment instead of discontentment. 23,000 of them died. What was the reason for their death? The reason for their death is because they seriously just were not content. Though they were receiving all of these things, right? They were receiving uh, the provision. But the receiving of the provision didn't lead their hearts to thanksgiving and honor to the Lord. It, it led their hearts to sin because they were selfish. They were selfish in their ways. You know, their flesh was selfish of the things of this world. It wasn't, it wasn't selfish for God, you know? And so it's very important for us to pay attention on how important it is for us to be content, for us to master um, committing ourselves to God. You know, these people, they came a point in time where, you know, they were just tired of being in the wilderness. They were saying to Moses, you know what, we, we can't do this anymore. You know, it, when we were in Egypt, we were having a, 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 a buffet, but they were in denial, y'all. I mean, like, how can you say you, you're tired of being in the wilderness and you want to go ahead back to Egypt when you were in slavery? I mean, at least you're free while you're in the wilderness and God is still providing for you, isn't he? And so their, their complaints, their, their complaining, right, excuse me, just kept them to just be farther and farther away of God. And they ended up not committing to God and they started committing themselves to idols, to false gods. And they just completely forgot about the God of Israel, Yahweh. And so it's important for us especially critically during this time for us to master commitment instead of discontentment. And the commitment that I'm really talking about here is to be committed to God, be committed to spending quality time with the Lord, be committed to reading his word and studying his word and asking his Holy Spirit to really open your eyes of understanding to know what it is his word is saying. Be committed to pray for other fellow believers and even non-believers to know Christ for themselves. Be committed to still know how to bless people even if you don't have that much in your own heart home be committed to make a difference be committed to still believe even when others are telling you not to believe be committed y'all master commitment instead of discontentment because regardless of what you have or not right if you keep complaining and if you keep being discontent it's not going to bring the provision that's the thing and this is why on to verse 9 he says to the people we should not test Christ. You see, God, he doesn't like 
a complaining believer. He doesn't like a complaining person. And what I mean by that is very important here because a lot of people, you know, when they hear scripture says, uh, uh, do not test God, they go ahead and say, oh, you should not test God here. You should not ask God this question. We, we should not be, you know, ask, questioning God here. God is God. But that's not at all what, you know, the apostle was saying. And that's not at all um, what Jesus was saying, because Jesus also said that same thing, um, the same statement in Luke 4, verse 12. And the reason why Jesus had quoted Luke 4, verse 12 is because that same scripture comes out of Deuteronomy for six uh, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse 16, you know, and, and in Luke four, verse 12, the reason why Jesus said, do not test the Lord your God is because he was in a wilderness. And while he was in the wilderness, the devil was tempting him and the devil was trying to test his patience. The devil was trying to test his character and see if Jesus would, you know, be, 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 um, willing to leave his, uh, uh father, right? Leave, uh, his loyalty, right, to the Father to go ahead and serve the devil, okay? But no, in that point of time, Jesus mastered commitment to his Father, okay, instead of discontentment. At that time, although he was in the wilderness and although he was there for quite some time, he, he didn't let the devil's uh, tricks, right, the devil's smooth, smooth words let him, you know, pass the cup away from doing what it is that God sent him to the earth to do. And so that scripture, the Lord was just quoting from Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. And ironically, Deuteronomy 6, verse 16, it was the same thing that Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It was when the Israelites were in the wilderness. And although God provided for them in the wilderness, they were still complaining their heads off. And I'm pretty sure that God was annoyed as heck. <laughs> and I wouldn't blame him for real, though. I mean, God is doing all this for you. And all you're saying is that I want to go back to Egypt because I'm hungry. I need some Chick-fil-A. I mean, come on now. And so the testing that Paul is saying here is not it's not like he's saying that, you know, for us not to bring our concerns to God, for us not to question God. There's nothing wrong for you to question God concerning something you're not you're not quite clear about. The problem is, is that you should not. Uh, test God in the sense that you should not complain to God. You should not tell God, well, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with what you gave me. Uh, I'm not satisfied with, with my circumstances here. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be in this circumstance. No, the way we, the, the good way of, if you want to say it right, uh, to test God is being like David, man, and say, you know what, God, you know, I, I'm suffering right now. My enemies are trying to get me. My own son is trying to plot my murder. God, I don't understand why I'm in this situation. This is not what you promised me. But the thing I love about David is that once he lament, once he sent his lament to God, he doesn't end it there. After he sent his, you know, it's not complaint. I almost said complaint. After he expressed his concern to the father, you know what David, David go ahead and say? He said, but God, I will trust you because I know that you are faithful. And he says, Lord, I know as soon as I call upon your name, you're going to answer me. This is the type of test that the Lord wants you to give him. He doesn't want you to give him the test and saying, oh, God, I had enough. Uh, I, I don't want to believe in you anymore because you don't give me what I want. No, that's not what God is looking from us. God is looking from us. Like even if we are frustrated, we could bring our frustration to him, but still be able to give him a thanks offering, but still able to give him worship, but still able to give him worship. 
And that is the reason why he says here, Paul, we should not test the Lord in that way. I don't know what is going on right now in your heart, especially during this time of uncertainty, during this moment where everyone is on lockdown. You can't go where you used to go anymore, except perhaps going to the grocery store or for some of you who have, uh, you know, have to go to work physically. And so you probably are frustrated and that's okay to be honest and say, okay, I'm frustrated because I don't understand what's going on. But, not, but what's not okay, again, as I said, for us not to do is to just focus on the frustration and not focusing on just still giving things to God, just still, you know, seeking after his presence, seeking after his will and just really praying to him and asking him for clarity, especially during this time where you didn't expect for your life to be this way in 2020. You didn't expect for March, April, May. I hope may in the name of Jesus that there's going to be a difference. But even if we never go back to the normal that once was, you should be okay to express that frustration to God, but asking God, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm upset, Lord. I don't understand this, but I know that you're faithful. I know that even though I'm in this desert, you could still allow this rock to burst water for me to drink from. And so I just really want for us to really understand that. Really understand that it's not it's not okay for us to to just complain to the Lord, you know, about things like that, and and not even just say God, just thank you. In spite of all this, I just want to thank you. Although this is not where I would like to be in life, but I just want to thank you for just letting me reach this far because I I understand some people did not wake up today. I understand uh, some people caught the virus themselves and they tested positive, but by your mercy and grace, I am well, my family is well. By your mercy and grace, I understand, Lord, so many millions of Americans had to file for unemployment, but by your grace, I am still working. I am still getting calls um, to go to work. I'm still getting clients for my business. We need to praise God because in spite of all of that, he has kept us and he continues to keep us and he continues to provide for us. Now, it says also here, their hearts were filled with evil. And the thing that actually confused me when I was reading this is, is that the previous scriptures, right? Verse two to five, it explains that the rock, which was Christ, was with them. And Christ was working through Moses. And although they drank and ate from the same spiritual food and, and, and drinks, they were still complaining. I mean, I just couldn't understand that. And that's, that to me tells us that we need to still uh, pray without ceasing. Because sometimes when you spend just a moment without prayer, just like the Israelites, even though God is with you, even though the Holy Spirit is with you, you're going to be tempted to lose focus on Christ. So it's important for you to really just make it become a lifestyle for you to never get enough of Jesus, for you to never get enough of what God's will is for your life. Now, go ahead. Let's go ahead and continue here. Oh, this this is good, y'all. This is good. Now. Back to back to the wilderness, right? So they're complaining to the to the father and they're also complaining. Well, they're complaining to Moses, right? So that way Moses could go ahead and, and, and he complained to God. And all, all 
although God gave them the provision, y'all, this is where I want for us to just reflect on. This is where I want for us to just take a moment of silence uh, and just to, to think about. Although God provided for them while they were in the wilderness, because remember, y'all, they were still on this voyage, on this journey, right, to hopefully reach the promised land. But unfortunately, we know from the word of God, even Moses did not make it to the promised land. Um, uh, Joshua, however, and Caleb made it in that generation that was with them. But Moses and those that were older, right, they all passed away because of their unbelief, right? But while they were in the wilderness, God was still faithful and was such a good father that he still provided for them. This, even though they were complaining, y'all, I don't know about you, but I know that your earthly mama and father, if you were complaining, if you were complaining, especially while they were in the car with some good, you know, food, they were, they were not going to give you that food until you reached your house. And that's a fact. But God being so faithful and so full of mercy, although they were ungrateful, like seriously, they were ungrateful. He still gave them food. He still gave them manna. He still gave them water to drink. How many of us, we are doing that today? We're saying, God, you didn't give me this. You didn't give me that. But God still gave you your health. God still gave you peace. God still gave you security. God still allowed you to be able to go to work, to be able to provide for your family. God still allowed you to be able to have education. Huh? God still was able to allow you to still have enough money to not only pay for your bills, but to still do something wonderful with your family during the weekend. Think about it for a second. It is the will of the Father to bless us, y'all. But you have to understand that God is looking at the heart. God is looking at those who will love him more than the blessing. And it's when we reach that level, God is just so open to just give you an overflow that of things that you did not even ask for, of things that you did not even imagine. And that's the thing that he did with David. That's what he did for David. David, it wasn't that he, he never had issues. He never, not, he never had problems. David committed a lot of sins, a lot of sins, y'all. But he was able to humble himself and ask for forgiveness every single time. Now, I'm not saying this is, is an excuse to sin, excuse me. But I'm just saying that he was able to humble himself and know his wrongdoings and ask the Lord for forgiveness. And one thing that we could take from David as well is that David knew and confessed that he wasn't perfect. As a matter of fact, if you pay attention, the book of Psalm is just pretty much complaints that David is giving unto the Lord. But the thing that made God not look at David's complaints as complaints is that although he stated his concerns to God, he was always able to say, but God, I trust you. But God, I know you're going to make a way. But God, I know that you're faithful. But God, I know you didn't bring me this far to leave me behind to be killed by my enemies. There's something to think about here. And I want us to continue, right? I want us to just quickly go ahead uh, to verse to verse 10 and 11. Let's just go ahead and read these two verses. And we're going to go ahead and explain them. And we're going to call it a, a knife. Verse 10 says here, And do not grumble as some of them did, which is complaining, y'all. So it's still going with the, uh, the point, the earlier point that we discussed, which is master commitment instead of discontentment and as you can see there's a parallel okay so forgetfulness leads to idolatry 
And verse 11 says here, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. Okay. Okay. So do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the strange angels. And then verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of all ages has come. And so I want to go ahead and um, discuss this, right? What is he talking about? Like, what is Paul talking about? What is he saying here, y'all? It's important for us to realize that the Bible, right? This is what Paul is saying. The Bible is given to us, not just for a good read, right? Not just for us to just read at our leisure, but it is a book to equip us. It is a book, a book, excuse me, to make us become disciples of Christ. Paul understand, right? He realized at the time he believed, you know, um, his generation was actually the generation that was experiencing the fulfillment of of the law, fulfillment of the prophecies of the, at that time, and that are clearly still prophecies of today, right, of our time. And so he was saying, look, these things that were written are for your it's for your own good it's for your own benefit is it's examples that you could follow so you don't mess up the way that the israelites messed up in, in the past but the thing is y'all i'm gonna be honest with you i feel like sometimes we be reading the bible and like it's just a, a regular book i mean we just read it to read it to feel good but are we really applying these lessons here into our lives so that way we could finish our race strong like paul was saying in first corinthians chapter 9 you know paul again even though he was an apostle of christ even though he was an apostle of christ he was literally training himself for survival he was literally training himself to make sure that he would get the crown of life from Christ Jesus himself. I want for us, I want for each and every one of you to run your race so strong that you know, God forbid, I don't hope this, but just as an example, you know if you were to die today, where you would stand next. You know if you were to die today, where you would step foot in and that you would meet the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ face to face. And he would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And this is where I want to leave y'all with tonight. I want for us, even in this, in the midst of these uncertain times, even in the midst of this Corona pandemic, right? This coronavirus pandemic. I want for you to see this as your training ground to really grow deeper in your faith in God and be able to practice these lessons. What the Israelites back then failed to do. I don't want for you to fail to do these things. I don't want for you to miss Christ. I don't want you to miss God because you're, you're so busy complaining about what you don't have. You're so busy complaining about what you're hearing on the news. You're so busy complaining about this person getting blessed and you're still in this predicament. No, I want for you to use this time to, to build up your faith to ask the Lord to give you more patience to ask the Lord to help you understand what it is that he's saying to us as a church saying to us as believers so that way when you get out of this thing you get out of it better than where than when you got in it and that is what I hope for all of us and I believe God is never late he's always on time and he doesn't make mistakes 
I want to close with this. Some of you guys were waiting for something in particular for God to do for you in 2020. And right now, because you're seeing everything that is going on in our world, you're saying God is not going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and wait for him to do it 2021. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not lying. Why, why is it that all of a sudden the faith that you had coming to this year, 2020, to receive that blessing, to receive that open call, to receive that job opportunity, to receive that, that good thing, that because you're seeing this pandemic and because it's a global uh, phenomena, that you're going to go ahead and say, no, I'm just not going to have faith for God to do it today. I'm just not going to have faith for God to do it in 2020. I, I, Lord, it's okay, Lord. You can go ahead and rest. I'm going to wait for you to do it in 2021. Are you kidding me? You're talking about the same God who parted the Red Sea so his people, right? So his children could walk through. You, you think that what you, you've been believing for in the beginning of January of 2020, he's not able to do still this year? Guys, let's build up our faith. I close with this. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was JLP. Until next time, and remember, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. Take care. Peace out.